0: like you in all of my days
1: Lord Jesus. Amen. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to change the order of our service at this time. Amen. We're just going to take our special needs before the Lord. Amen. I'm going to invite Brother Jeremy Clayville to make his way forward to pray over these special needs. Amen. Remember Sister Amber McCall in prayer. Amen. We also want to remember Brother Ron Knobloch's mother. Uh, She fell bad way, and she's going through rehab right now, so if you remember her kindly in your prayers, uh, we ask that you would remember Sister Greg in your prayers as well, amen, with what she's going through, amen, that God would just touch her body, amen, and bring her through this time, of need, amen, remember the Whitlock family, they were not able to be with us, also the Hughes family was not able to be here, if you remember them in prayer, Brother Jeff Jackson had to work, and his family is not with us at this time. So if you remember them, and also Brother Keith Buchanan was not able to be with us. Come on forward, Brother Jeremy. Amen. Does anyone have special unspoken prayer requests? Amen, that you'd like to make. God knows that need, friend. We're going to pray with you. Amen. Just hold that on your heart before the Lord. Let us pray.
2: Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you with just thankfulness in our heart, Lord, for another opportunity to gather in your house, Lord, with our brothers and sisters, Lord, in anticipation of what you have to say to us tonight, Lord. Father, to just lay aside the the troubles of the week, Lord, the cares of the world. Father, to just focus on you for a time. Lord, we invite you to come, Lord, that we can worship you, Father. Lord, we pray as we lift these needs before your throne, Lord, that you would hear us through your blood, Father. Forgive us, Lord, of whatever, Lord, would be uh, an offense to you, Lord. We, We just ask your forgiveness, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would just be mindful of each need that was spoken. Lord, those that are hurting in body, Lord, that are just seeking your direction, Father. Lord, for each need that was lifted, Father, you know you know that need, Lord, and it's serious, Lord, to, to you and you understand. And Father, we're so thankful, Lord, that we can come to you with all of our needs, great or small, Father. You You're worthy, Lord, of our praise tonight. Father, as we Just lift your name up. I pray, God, that you would just draw near to each one, Lord. And I pray, God, that as the minister prepares to come and open the word, Father, I pray that you would anoint his heart and his lips, Father. Give him the unction of the Holy Spirit, Father, to just speak. And, Lord, we pray that our hearts would be fallow ground, ready to receive that word, Lord. We love you and just invite you now to come and have preeminence in this time, Father. We love you and give thanks in
1: Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, Brother Jeremy. God bless you, Saints. You can have your seats. Man, Brother Matt uh, has a special for us. We'll ask him to sing at this time. Thank you, Brother Matt.
2: Love it as much as I do, but uh, I'm having to sing from memory, and that only leaves me with a few options. But just worship with me as I sing. Sing along.
1: in love with Jesus. Amen. That's my desire. hope it's yours. Let's stand. I'd like to sing a little song, Draw Me Close to You, as our pastor makes his way forward at this time. Amen. Draw me close to
0: you and never let
3: sounds really nice sounds really nice we're going to leave you standing we're going to invite brother steve to come tonight he's going to speak for us and uh we might be seeing less of him on wednesday nights uh so i I thought it'd be great to have him uh to come tonight to minister for us i just wanted to welcome all of you that are here uh there's a young lady in the back there i had to look twice but it's sarah vasaki sister sarah we have missed you it's good to have you back and uh Good to see you there tonight. Uh, nice to have the wards back uh, in, their, in their rightful spot. and uh, God bless you. Great to have you here. Nice to have the Holloways here uh, always. Sister Lily, good to have you here uh, tonight as well, back in town where you belong. Um, also as well, it's good to have the crosses back. Matt, good to have you here. And uh, Mrs. Clayville. This is Doc Clayville. Good to have you back as well. We missed you on Sunday. Um, Just wanted to say that um, I I neglected to mention this on Sunday. And uh, there's two, two things that I wanted to say, two, two and a half things that I wanted to say. Number one, Brother Anwar is back home. They're back in the country. And uh, very excited about everything that was accomplished there. They delayed their trip coming back and then delayed it again, second time. And he um, he's, he's going to fill me in with the report. So um, they're, they're very excited about everything that's being accomplished over there. And he was just, uh, his heart was overwhelmed by going back and seeing family and everybody else back there. Please, if you don't mind, don't go in the sanctuary unless you're invited to go in there okay they're renovating Uh, there's really not much to see at this particular point Uh, it's full of tools and dirt and dust if you don't believe me uh, you can look at my uh, pants here and full of dust Uh, and there are things laying around and so forth so if you don't mind don't go in unless you're invited to go in there okay the workers are they usually work on Wednesdays and Saturdays and so there's a lot of tools left around and uh, equipment and everything else so If you don't mind, just stay out unless we, uh, you're invited to go in and and take a look there. But we, we also like the wow factor. Like, we like everybody. When, when we go in there again as a congregation, it'd be nice to say, oh wow, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And if we go in prematurely, then everybody's going to lose that wow factor. The last thing I want to say is this. Um, last week, uh, on New Year's Eve, Brother Peter and Sister Rachel and their family were on their way uh, out to near Shingle Hollow. And uh, somebody made a a premature turn in a a truck that they were not supposed to make and caused a a backup of cars uh, piling up there. And Peter wound up uh, hitting the the, uh, truck in front of him and totaling uh, the van. I don't have all the details right, but eventually totaled, totaled the van. And um, on one side, he sent me a picture, had a ditch on this side. And if they had swerved that way to miss the vehicle, it would have, uh, you know, rolled over in the ditch there. And at the end of the day, um, they get a new van, and everybody's good. Uh, Sister Rachel had some whiplash, and uh, but uh, everyone was safe, walked away from it. And I saw pictures of the incident. Steve and Sarah were on the scene and came and. Uh, helped and and took him and I just want to say I'm I'm thankful for that not only as a father but uh, to me it just uh, speaks of God's care and his provision for his children and uh, you know you think about how quick something like that could happen how much worse it could be and I'm just thankful that they walked away from it as well as they did and uh, I I neglected to mention that on Sunday and that was my fault so I just I just think it's always nice to be able to testify Uh, god's goodness in our lives and uh you know the enemy is always there is always things there to uh try to make life difficult and and try to make things hazardous and i i just appreciate uh his care for us so good to have you back god bless you and uh let's sing that little chorus one more time and we're going to invite brother steve to come tonight put your feet under the table and let's look to him and uh just trust that the lord will speak to you tonight let's just sing the chorus <laughs> You're all
4: heads with me in a word of prayer. Let's just go before the Lord together. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, it's a, a crazy world and it gets crazier every day. But how thankful we are to you. We have a place that we can come in. It's warm. We have friends. We have family. We can come in. We can put our feet under the table. Feast on the Word of God, be refreshed, be encouraged, be instructed, be corrected. Lord, how wonderful it is and how thankful we are for it. And so this evening, we give ourselves to you as best we know how. And if there's anything that would hinder the moving of your spirit, Lord, I pray that you'd move it out of the way. We give you the the free will to move amongst us, Lord, as you desire and as you need. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, do we give ourselves amen. Nay, Amen. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? I'd like to invite you while you're standing to turn with me, uh, thank you musicians, to the book of Second Samuel. I'd like to read in 2nd Samuel chapter 5 in verse 20. I'd like to start in verse 24. 2nd Samuel chapter 5 in verse 24. Let's start in verse 23 or 22. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then shalt thou, shalt thou bestir thyself. For then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philippines. And David did so, as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba unto, until thou came to Gezer. You can have your seats. Thank you for standing with me. I don't think the pulpit is any place for political opinion. I really don't, uh, but I think we can all agree that the world is a crazy place. We can all say amen to that. Uh, even before today, it was crazy, and then it just continues to get crazier. But you know, I was thinking just driving here uh, to service, and it's, it's wonderful to see you all. Uh, it's good to see you with Michael. Um, and uh, the last time I was here, it was a great service. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, it's good to see you all, and I was just thinking coming here, how wonderful it is to be able to come to church safely, and, uh, and to be able to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise, and to be in the, a room with other people that you, that you love and you care about, at least most of them, and, uh, and to worship the Lord together. That's a, that's a wonderful thing, and that's something that we should not take for granted. It really isn't. Uh, and I was thinking this morning, just um, praying on on what I should, uh, what the Lord would have me to sp- to speak about tonight, and uh, I I focused in on this scripture, and I, I couldn't get away from it. I was actually thinking of going in a few different directions, and my mind just kept coming back to this. And I I, I just want you to um, really pull if you can on. Uh, on me this evening, and, and on what the Lord would have us to hear. This scripture, I, I, it, me, it means a lot to me. I've actually spent a lot of time just dwelling on it. It's highlighted and uh, circled and starred in my in my Bible. It's something that I I refer to quite often. Probably the second uh, chapter that I refer to the most in Scripture, I believe, is um, Psalms thirty-seven. Um, uh, which is a very just important passage of Scripture to me. And the, David is encouraging us in the Lord. And um, this one also draws my attention so frequently. And I, I, I think it's good for us to understand that the world, in its current state right now, today, the world, it won't change for the good. It's, it's prophesied to... Um, go the direction that it's going. And that's globally. It's not just on a national scale. It's globally. Uh, The world, it it won't change. Uh, The government won't really change for the good. uh, As much as we would like it to and as much as we would hope it would, it won't really change for the good. Uh, And though uh, we would like it to, nominal churches, most likely they won't change for the good. They are headed in a certain direction. The Catholic Church and anyone that sets itself against the unadulterated word of God is headed in a certain direction and it won't change. As much as we would like it to and as much as we would urge it to and desire that it would, it's, it's not going to change for the good. Uh, and, and witness as we like and witness we must. Not everybody is going to see the truth. Not everybody is going to adhere to, to the unadulterated word of God. So witness as we like and witness we must, uh, that that won't change uh, as much as we would like it to do. You, you can't take sin out of the world. You can't take the trouble out of the world. Jesus himself said in John chapter 17, verse 15, I pray that thou shouldest take them that thou uh, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from evil. So Jesus himself said, I, I, I don't pray That believers and Christians would be taken out of the world and out of the chaos and out of the trials and out of the issues of the world. But I do pray that you would keep them from evil. Uh, So you can't take sin out of the world. Um, The other thing that doesn't change, and for this we can say amen, is the Lord. He said in Malachi chapter 3, I, the Lord, I do not change. And so there's a lot that we can't change about the world, but there's a lot that won't change about the world. But we also have the consolation that God won't change. And the other thing that won't change is his word. That's prophesied and it it just won't happen. So uh, uh, politics and uh, political scheming, it's escalated to the point where um, it moves so rapidly, almost to the point in the span of one day, it would seem, according to the media, that the the entirety of the U.S. is on the verge of a civil war, right? Politics escalates so quickly and and media uh, um, makes it seem worse than it actually can be at times. Uh, Technology is now uh, in a place where if you think even about 10 years ago, technology is today where where you, you wouldn't have expected it to be. You never would have thought even 15 years ago or 10 years ago that you could do the things that you can do now with technology. And in essence, if you sum it up and bring it back to a scriptural context, it is, as Daniel said in chapter 12, uh, verse 4, But thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end, which is now that many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. I admit, I am one of the ones that run to and fro. I go at too fast a pace. Often... um, that's just not healthy. Uh, and I think we, many of us could say the same, and knowledge has increased. I, I was even thinking today, and I was thinking uh, m- my role at work is, is a sales role, and I was thinking about uh, even 30 or 40 years ago, I can do in the span of a day what it would take someone probably three or four days to do uh, that, that in that time frame, just with the technology that we have, with the automation that we have, and I was thinking of how uh, quickly you can do things nowadays. Uh, knowledge has increased and and, uh, uh, people run to and fro. So you you can't change the world. And the speed at which it operates is only going to continue to escalate. I I remember Brother Barry uh, gave the analogy of the the coin circular thing. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's in the malls. And you put the coin in. Of course, there's a coin shortage, so we're not going to do it anymore. Of course, no one would touch it now if they could. But you put the coin in. Then as the coin gets down towards the spout, Uh, I guess water would have been a better analogy, but water, when it goes down towards the spout, it goes quicker and quicker and quicker. And that's exactly where we find ourselves at the end. And time is uh, escalating. uh, uh, Things are escalating as we get to the end of times. So you can't change the world and you can't change. It won't change for the good. The one thing that can be changed and there is uh, many, perhaps many things, but one thing that can change and that should change and that can be molded, and that can be shaped, is you. God doesn't change. His Word doesn't change. You can't change the world. It's it's prophesied to go in the direction that it's going. But one thing that can change is you and me. In fact, we are prophesied to change. If the Spirit of Christ dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. You shall be changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. So the one thing that is prophesied to change is you. And the one thing that can be changed and molded and uh, um, added to is you. You you can grow. You can change. You can adapt. You can shift uh, your habitual natures. You can... Um, overcome uh, through the Holy Ghost. You can change. In fact, the Scripture says, referring to the Holy Ghost, but I believe it refers to the power of the Holy Ghost in someone's life, far beyond the new birth. Is when it says um, in Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. In other words, he has changed and the, the scripture affirms that when it says old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Now, I also like to refer to that scripture when talking about aging, because, the, you know, the old phrase goes, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And I refuse to believe that because I think if you can change when you're young, you can also change when you're older. You just perhaps are a little bit more stubborn about it. I got very little amens for that. But if, behold, all things are old and all things become new, then if the power of Christ is able to change you from this life to the next, then He's able to help you with your habits. He's able to help you with the way that you treat people. You can change. And this is not restricted to age. This transcends age. I, I think the ability to change and the blessing and the um, uh, honor and the, the privilege to be able to change uh, transcends where you are in your life. It can be the same for someone who is old as it should be for someone who is young. The Apostle Paul, um, uh, through experience, uh, and he, he said many different places, he says in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so the ultimate goal of this change is to be led by the Holy Ghost to accomplish His will. As it says in uh, uh, Philippians 2.13, For it is is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So the purpose of God in your life and the purpose of change and the ability to change, not only uh, um, uh, uh, just in your habits and things like that, but in your understanding and in your knowledge, is so that the goodwill of, of God would be made known in your life. It, you are made a, um, a peculiar people. And you're so, uh, the Scripture says, in uh, I believe it's Second Peter, you are made a peculiar people so that you should show forth the praises of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose of of you having the Holy Ghost at work in you is so that you can proclaim His goodness and so that He can accomplish His will through you. And I believe so many times we can be, and I say this from a personal perspective, I believe so many times we can be um, idle and stagnant in our comfort zones. I believe Christians many times, and and again, I, I say this to myself, I'm not directing this at anybody or anything, Uh, But I I say this with with, um, all sincerity, that I believe that Christians can be too careful. I don't believe that they're bold enough. I don't believe they're adventurous enough. Because if you think about it, a Holy Ghost-filled believer can't be out of the will of God. A Holy Ghost-filled believer is is, uh, crafted and changed from what they were to to a new creature in Christ and they are set on a path to achieve the the, the the will and the glory of Almighty God. And so if that be the case, then you should be bold and you should be courageous within that. And perhaps you may not see eye to eye on that. That's okay. Uh, but I still believe that Christians can many times be too careful. They can be too cautious and they aren't willing to step out of their comfort zone to achieve all that God has given them to achieve. As, as God said to Joshua, he said, wherever the soles of your feet shall trod, I've already given it to you. So the only thing that you need to do is just walk. I, I, I think um, I say this many times when, when Jesus was talking to Peter, who was walking on the water. Uh, I believe that you are already walking on the water because Paul, uh, Peter had to get out of the boat he had to have enough faith to see Jesus Christ and to get out of the boat and then to walk on the water. And then when he saw the waves, that's when he began to sink. But I believe that you, in, in the, the walk that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're, in, in essence, you are already walking the walk of faith. You are already in the water. So you don't, it's not that you have to think, well, uh, uh, if, you're, if you're born again and you're a Holy Ghost-filled uh, believer... Uh, you don't have to think, well, I need to get out of the boat. No, you're out of the boat. You just, because the message is a very uh, toxic thing in the world today. It runs uh, uh, against the grain uh, of the world today. So it's an extremist uh, uh, thing to believe, if you will, the message is. So having, believe, having uh, already been walking in the message, you're already on the water. Amen. So I believe that you, you can really believe, and it really is true, that wherever your feet trod, it is, it is given to you by the Holy Ghost. Paul said it, it is both uh, God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I love this in the Amplified. It's, that is the strengthening and the energizing and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. I love, I love how it, 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 uh, the Amplified takes the Greek definitions and expands it within the, the writing of the text. And so it says that is the strengthening and the energizing and the creating in you the longing and ability to fulfill your purpose. And I think it's uh, I think it's a good challenge for yourself. Um, Self-examination can happen on a daily basis. We all self-examine ourselves on a daily basis. But I think you uh, sometimes need to stop self-examining and bestir yourself. And I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, But it says the strengthening and the energizing and the creating in you the the longing to, uh, uh, to fulfill your purpose. Well, first of all, you have to be very confident in what your purpose is. And then you have to be energized and strengthened and given the longing to fulfill it. And I wonder if so many people, so many Christians and so many believers are bored with their faith. And if you're bored with your faith, wouldn't it naturally be a connection that you'd be bored with church? Which would also affect your behavior within the church. Which would also affect the ability of the Holy Ghost to move within it. I wonder if so many of us are bored with our faith. Perhaps you're not living boldly enough because boredom, I think, is wrong. I think it's wrong. Now, I say that I'm... I'm, I don't know what type of personality I am. I, um, you know, A, B, C. And uh, I just, I have a tendency just to do things without thinking about them too much or too too long. I recently just did a wood project. And uh, uh, Lucas, he's not here, um, so I can say whatever I, I want. Uh, Peter is also the same way. When I, attack, uh, when I tackle a wood project... Um, I want it all to be done within an hour, sanding, finishing, selecting the wood, polishing, uh, uh, raising the grain, everything, assembly. I want it all to be done within an hour, and if it takes longer than an hour, then i uh, it, it, I, I, I get antsy a little bit now being that way i 've actually turned out some uh, I actually turn out some projects you'd think I just would they would all be a failure, but i 've actually turned out some projects doing that, but I can be at the finishing stage when some people are still selecting their wood. So maybe that's just my personality in saying that, that you can be bold and perhaps because you're bored, it's not, you're not being bold enough. That's a, that's a very um, uh, cavalier thing for me to say, if you will, because I know a lot of you, you live very busy lives. You do a lot of things. You have to work very hard. It is very hard in this world to make a living. And and to do it well. And I'm not neglecting or I'm not discounting the fact that human beings have to live their lives, their everyday lives, make money and pay their bills and exist the best that they can and and raise their family and things like that. So don't think when I say that statement that I'm neglecting that that has to happen. Do you understand? We have to live our lives. We We have to be normal everyday people. But I think at the same time, God would not have given us the challenge to show His glory and to be a witness to the world if He didn't uh, uh, give us the the grace and the willingness to be bold within it. The uh, anointing of a a lion, there's the the lion, the ox, the man, the eagle, uh, that anointing never goes away. They compound each other over the ages. And so if Paul had the anointing of a lion, then I think there's a smidgen of it left for you and me. The boldness to be able to not only proclaim the faith, but to live it. As it, as it, as it is in Revelations chapter eight, or 10, verse 8 through 11, you have to catch the vision. John caught the vision. He went up and took the book, and then he became the vision. He lived it, but then he also proclaimed it as well. I think every believer, that comes down to that. Now, if you look at uh, the life of Christ, he knew, he knew his purpose. Jesus Christ, I believe, was the most passionate person uh, uh, for the faith of anyone. Thus, the last few days of his life was called the Passion. I believe that no one was, lived their faith more passionately than Christ did. And he, he said, even from a young age, he said, and I believe it's uh, Luke chapter 2, um, verse 48, 49, uh, 50, he said, I must be about my father's business even at at the age of 12. So at the age of 12, he was to the point where he was saying, my responsibility is to passionately pursue that which God has put on my heart and and purposed me to do. There was nobody more passionate about living a Christian life than Jesus Christ. There was nobody who more boldly lived it than Jesus Christ. He said he must be about his father's business. He he surrendered his will to the father's uh, will and he willingly laid himself down. He was so passionate. Brother Bantam says in nineteen fifty nine, Where has thy strength gone, Samson? He said, He that will not forsake all and take up his cross daily, it's a sacrificial walk. It's a walk that you don't pattern after the world. Christ is your example. You must die daily and walk after Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter fifteen and verse thirty. Uh, Why stand you in jeopardy every hour? I protest. You rejoicing which I have in Jesus Christ uh, our Lord I die daily. Paul understood what it meant to die daily. He understood what it meant to actually put himself in action and to put himself in harm's way. He oftentimes started out his letters saying um uh, don't worry about me. Don't don't you know don't worry about what I'm doing for Christ. He says I do it willingly that you should know the truth and he would oftentimes start many of his letters that way, you don't have to worry about the sufferings that I am going through. Paul understood very much so what it was like to die daily. He understood what it meant to live a sacrificial life. And that's why uh, 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 Jesus himself would say, you must pick up your cross and follow me. On a daily basis, you must pick up your cross. So I I think the, um, the necessity of bestirring yourself which I will explain in a second bestirring yourself is not just a monthly thing or a weekly thing, it is a daily thing. and i believe that you can be bold and courageous in your faith on a daily basis and i believe that you should. now in this scripture second samuel chapter five and verse twenty four David is, is crowned king. Uh, he takes Jerusalem. Uh, and then the scripture says, and, and let it be. So he's, he's there. The, the Philistines heard that David is king and they're coming after him. So they come down in um, in, in Jerusalem and they come after him in the valley of Reshaim, Um And they took up positions on the south and the west of Jerusalem. So the Philistines are around Jerusalem and then God says, get up and, and go uh, unto the mulberry trees. And... Uh, so David gets to the position and he actually surrounds the enemy. So God maneuvered him to a place where he was actually surrounding the enemy uh, of, of the Philistines in that valley. And then it, then it says in verse um, 23, And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, uh, uh, the Lord said. So in verse 23, we see that, the, that David inquired of the Lord. And uh, I just want to take a second and, and just uh, uh, talk about that. Um, uh, you know, I think oftentimes we can go through phases where our daily devotion with the Lord uh, takes a back seat. And you don't need to self uh, introspect to, to know that about yourself. There are many times when your devotion with the Lord can take a back seat, and that is a dangerous place to be. Uh, I think a believer, especially nowadays, uh, is, is susceptible to anything in the world like anybody else. But when the Holy Ghost comes in to you and fills you and you are a new, new creature in Christ, you don't desire the things of the world. That desire changes automatically. That is an automatic thing from where you were and who you were to who you now are in the Lord Jesus Christ. So your desires will change. But the devil is still there and he still has multiple tools that he can use to get into you. Uh, the five of which, the five avenues to the spirit realm. So uh, an example, and I've, I've, I've talked about this before, let's say um, a young man uh, uh, struggles with pornography or something like that, or a young woman, uh, and they dealt with that and then they were filled with the Holy Ghost. You're not exempt from uh, being uh, uh, exposed or being um, tempted by pornography ever again. In fact, I believe that the temptation can oftentimes become worse. Now, I do believe that when you are in the Holy Ghost, I believe that there is a a covering over you. And when you are outside of that covering, and you'll see this people are in a church and then they go out in the world, their lives will just fall apart. And I believe that there is a grace covering that is is within a a walk with the Lord. But after that individual or that young person has received the Holy Ghost, They can be driving down the road and they'll see and see a a billboard of um, someone who is a woman who's inappropriately addressed or something like that. And then because uh, Satan uses the avenue of memory, something will be triggered in their head and they'll remember what they dealt with a long time ago. And Satan will use that avenue and get right to your brain. God anchors himself in the heart, but Satan gets to a man through his brain. Isn't that right? And so they'll be thinking and then all of a sudden they'll be thinking about all of these things. And then Satan will utilize the method of imagination. So he, use, he uses an avenue of memory because memory is a, is a physical thing. Your, your memories are up here. And oftentimes you can't forget the things that you've done. I think a lot of times that, that can be um, a very difficult thing for people who have spent a long time in, out in the world. And they did horrible things and then they come into the, uh, to the message and you'll hear them talk about those things frequently because it had such an impact. Those memories are still very vivid. And so Satan will utilize that, that means of memory and then he'll turn it into an imagination So very soon you'll be driving down the road and that individual will uh, begin thinking about things and their mind will be a hundred miles off from where they were uh, or where it should be. And they'll be thinking about things that they ought not to be thinking about because Satan is essentially utilized memory and then caused you to have an imagination that is ungodly. Now, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what's come out of a man that defiles him. So you have to understand that 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 is the devil's playground. That is a wicked place. The mind. And it's, it's to be brought into subjection to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the obedience of Christ. As it says in 1 Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians um, uh, uh, every thought should be brought subject to the obedience of Christ. So that is a very active thing. Now, it is automatically your desire for Christ, not of the world but Satan will place that temptation there and it's your responsibility to bring that thought into obedience to the Word of Christ. That is your responsibility. Can I get an amen out of that? So you can let your mind wander. You can be a fully uh, uh, filled Holy Ghost individual and your mind can wander into places where it ought not to be and the Scripture teaches that you should bring it subject to the obedience of Christ. And if you let your mind wander, trust me, you will get into places that you don't want to be. Pretty soon you'll be treating people uh, differently. I remember Brother Burley would always tell the story. He said there'll be a group of young people. And I would uh, just I I feel foolish trying to tell a story that Brother Burley would tell because I never would be able to tell it the same. Uh, But he, he would say there's a group of young people and one young person will like this other person and that person won't like them. So this person will then get, create this fantasy in their head uh, of, you know, this person, I, you know, I want to be with this person, they like me and everything like that. And, um, and then all the, they'll, they'll, they'll be uh, thinking all of these different things in their head, and then this person will say something one day that will cause this person to uh, wake up one day and think, well, how could they treat me like that? And there's no relationship at all. But this person has created a fantasy in their head thinking that there is. And so when someone does something that has no relation to what this person does, they're, they're all offended and then they go to another friend and they gossip and then all of a sudden they stir up some trouble in that regards. And you see how quickly that can happen? Humans are funny people. That, I don't think that will ever stop happening. I think humans will continue treating humans uh, not as well as they should. I just have a feeling that that's the case. But I do, I do think that the Holy Ghost in your life is more powerful than anything that is in the world. Amen. Because He said, more, more, uh, greater is He that is within you than he that is in, within the world. Amen. So if you do struggle with something like that, then you simply have to place the Word of God above your own thinking. That's why the proverb says, lean not to thine own understanding. Isn't that right? But trust in the Lord. The Lord knows what He's doing. He's had a few thousand years of experience helping you overcome. It's a work of the Holy Ghost that's in your life. And so you have to, uh, you have to place the Word in a place of authority in your life. And you can allow that to lax. You can allow that to become stagnant. And that, I'm talking about a Holy Ghost-filled believer. You can, you can come to a place where you're too careful. And you just let things lie. You're not, you're not willing to address them. You don't want to address them because it's a comfort zone. Brother Branham said many times, he said someone will be dealing with a spirit and they'll worship the spirit and so they don't want it, they don't want to be free of it. And so many times if someone comes to prayer, I'll ask the person, I say, do you want to be free of this thing? Do you want to overcome it? Because if they're saying, if they don't really want to overcome it, then they won't. So, And and keep in mind that a Holy Ghost-filled believer can't be uh, possessed of a demon, but they can be oppressed. And that's exactly what we're talking about. The spiritual realm working in your mind, the avenues of imagination, the avenues of of, uh, memory and and of uh, all those different uh, things and conscience, because that's where the devil works. And you have to bring those thoughts and those things that come in that do not defile you subject to the, to the cause of Christ. Because rest assured, if you, if you hold the wrong thing in your mind, it is a, it, the mind is the womb to the spirit. It will manifest and it will manifest wrongly. Every seed brings forth of its own kind. So if a wrong thought enters your mind about someone else, then you can, you can basically bring that subject to the Word of God and I believe that God will change your thinking. And oftentimes the trouble that we have with each other as as people at work and people in congregations is that we're thinking something that is not true at all. So part of us needs to grow up, isn't that right? But part of us also needs to step to the table and say, you know what? Even if even if I'm not wrong, I'm going to do the I'm going to do the bigger thing. That is an active thing that you do. That's, that's what's called being a good person. But it's also called living in the power of the Holy Ghost. Even on that surface level, on that superficial level, that is living by the Holy Ghost. And you can do that. That's a choice that you have. Or you can, stay, you can just leave it and not be bold and just let it sit there and fester. It's a choice that you have. So what we must do then is actively, and I say this not monthly or weekly, but daily, inquire of the Lord, not only about ourselves, but about how we treat others and what we need to do. That happens in prayer. That happens in devotion. We should inquire of the Lord, Lord, what should I do? Lord, how should I act in this situation? How should I treat this person? How should I say the things that I do? What can I do for you? What can I I accomplish for the Lord? Uh, Human beings are are, are built to achieve. Uh, They they just desire to achieve. And and oftentimes that gets in the way of what the Lord is trying to do. And oftentimes I think it's appropriate for you to ask the Lord, Lord, how am I getting in your way? Is there something that I should be doing that I'm not? I I remember, um, uh, and I, I, I... I say this not as it's anything big, but it was it was something that was huge for me. Uh, I, I don't like, uh, believe it or not, I don't like traveling. I like being places. I like, um, you know, getting falafel in uh, you know a city stand. I, I like that, but I don't like the, I don't like traveling. I'm out of my comfort zone. I don't like it. I'm a bit of a homebody. You wouldn't believe that about me, but I am. And so I remember one time the Lord put on my heart to go to Korea. And I I didn't know anybody there. Brother uh, Barry knew um, Brother Mike Nutter. That's the only contact I had. So I I came to a place within myself and I I learned a lot about what the Lord can do um, in your your personal life when you're willing to step outside of your comfort comfort zone without regard for the consequences. Because there are consequences to serving the Lord passionately and pursuing his, His life. There are consequences to that. There, there is a sacrifice to that. And you have to be willing to let go and let God have his way. Because if you're not, things, uh, things won't work in the way that they need to work. So you, you have to be willing to, to sacrifice on, uh, for, the, for the cause of Christ. Uh, again, I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but this was a, a, a very big thing for me. So I came to a point where I didn't know and I, I still don't know what I'm doing in terms of mission work. Um, I don't think anybody does. Uh, really, uh, it's it's still just a a creative work that never ends. Mission work never ends. So there's no end to it. We just do more things and do what the Lord allows us to do. Uh, And so I I didn't know what to do, so I just got on a plane. I had had an email address uh, for Brother Mike Nutter, and I just got on the plane, me and another brother, and we got on a plane. And I remember standing in Korea... um, uh, in Seoul and uh, standing in the airport and I had no idea what I was doing I had no idea the outcome because I didn't really know anybody there And I emailed this brother at, when I was standing in the airport and it was the best trip I ever had in my life It was the best experience that I ever had in my life uh, uh, Just just being in a place where the Lord I know for the fact the Lord put something on my heart and I responded to it And I did it, uh, that it there's there's also benefits to doing what the Lord puts on your heart. So what you have to do then is actively inquire of the Lord, what should I do? And be willing to respond to what you inquire about. So if you're riding in an elevator with somebody, you're riding up your your high rise and you're going up, and you've got two minutes with somebody, I, I oftentimes, I look at that person and I pray, Lord, do you want me to speak to this person? Because oftentimes that can end very awkwardly. If you try to witness when you're, you know, you're, you're not supposed to, you know, not that you're not supposed to witness, but you can get yourself into some pretty awkward situations They can be very uncomfortable. And so I have to pray. I have to say, Lord, would you like me to say something to this person? And I think that that is the kind of thing that, that a believer should be doing, given that they have all that they have according to the spiritual wealth that has been given to them. And for you to be able just to speak to someone for two minutes is a precious thing that none of us should take for granted. So inquire of the Lord more. Can you say amen to that? That, that, that includes daily devotion. And I'm, I, I am purposefully talking to you on a very personal level. Uh, and I've written very few notes down, which is a scary place to be. And I, I, want, I want you to understand that, you, that inquiring of the Lord has consequences. Because He will speak to you. I believe that He will. It may not be right away, but He will speak to you. And you have to be courageous enough to respond to it. Verse 23, And then David inquired of the Lord, and he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them, and come up uh, uh, upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a going in in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself. So after David had inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered and said, Now this is what I want you to do. I want you to go over here, sit here, and I want you to wait. Now, waiting is a very difficult thing for an individual to do. Um, In fact, in 1 Samuel, uh, a a book before in in chapter 13, uh, Saul was there and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed after a battle. And Samuel came not to Gilgal and the people were scattered from him. So Saul was losing uh, people and all these different things in the place that he was. And Saul was to a point where Samuel was supposed to come. Samuel didn't come. Saul said, all right, we're going to give a burnt offering anyway. So he takes the offering and gives it. Right when he's giving the offering, Samuel shows up and said, what are you doing? And Saul said, well, you weren't coming. I thought that I would do this. This is a good thing. And he was doing a good thing, but it wasn't in the timing that God had given it to him to do. And so he was supposed to do it. It's a lot like uh, marriage. If you get married before you're supposed to get married, then you can wind yourself up in a heap of trouble because marriage is a choice. God, I believe he foreordained someone for you to marry, but it's a choice. Isn't that right? And so if you marry before the time, if a a couple of 16-year-olds get married, which I know a couple of 16-year-olds who did get married, and they said, don't do it. uh, You you can wind yourself up in a heap of trouble. So there's an appointed time. There's a a time to do things. And Saul went outside of that. And Samuel said, um, he said, Uh, Thou hast done foolishly, thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. That one little decision of not waiting when God told him to wait, and told him the provided way to do it, cost him reigning over Israel forever. One little decision. Now, there's a consistent theme in the message of the hour, all the way from 1947 all the way to 65, and it's God's provided way. God has a provided way of doing things. He has a specific way that you need to do it and a name which you are to do it under. And that is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the message of the hour was a restorative act to bring you back to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so being in that provided way enables you to be in a place where the Holy Ghost is at work because the Holy Ghost is an anointing over the, over the bride for the age in which they live in. So, in other words, if you're looking, and, and as he said to David, uh, uh, what I want you to do is I want you to listen for the mulberry trees to, uh, to rustle. And when they rustle, then you can go ahead. So, in other words, if you think about it, if the Holy Ghost is over the age for the bride, and you're a born-again Holy Ghost-filled believer in God's provided way, then the leaves have already rustled. It, 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 essentially, and if you will, uh, just allow me the, the, the analogy, the leaves have already rustled as a result of Malachi chapter 4 Amen. and Revelation 10.7. The Holy Ghost has moved to uh, place the bride where they are supposed to be. So you as a message believer, you are in a position where the Holy Ghost wants you to be. And that is in Jesus Christ and that is walking in the light as He is in the light. Because there you have access to the blood of Christ and, uh, and, and fellowship one with another. I love how he associates the blood of Jesus Christ and fellowship one with another as a direct attribute of walking in the light. So when you walk in the light, you will have fellowship one with another according to the Word of God. And when fellowship is broken, that creates a lot of other issues which we don't have time to talk about. There is a provided way for you to go and to act. So you should inquire of the Lord what, what you should do. But you also have to understand that being in God's provided way is not a, a one-and-done thing. Being in God's provided way and being in Christ allows you to fulfill what God wants you to do even on a daily basis and on a weekly basis and on a monthly basis. David, he uh, uh, just as Samuel was there, uh David then uh, uh, is told in verse 24 that then shalt thou bestir thyself. Now this term, uh, bestir thyself, is is the thing that I refer to in my personal life. Uh, oftentimes at the beginning of the year, this time, um, uh, Sister Sarah and I will go over you know, just our, our plans for the uh, for the, the year and what we want to do, things that we want to kind of get done uh, around the house, maybe something else like that. But then personal goals, work goals as well. A lot of people don't believe in that. But the scripture says, don't uh, don't go to a city in, uh, without saying, Lord willing, I'll go to a city. So if you go back and you look at your 2020 resolutions, come back and tell me how they, how they panned out. You never know what the Lord is going to do. And so you have to stay open. But... But uh, nowhere in the scripture do I find where it says don't uh, don't don't actively pursue um, growing and and growing in knowledge, knowledge of the Lord, because the scripture says, um, uh, I believe in Ephesians, it says um, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation works according to the knowledge of God in your midst. And so uh, as you grow, as Peter said, as you grow in grace, And in knowledge, you grow in the knowledge of the Lord. So we actively pursue growth, not only in our personal lives, but in our walks with the Lord. So we pursue knowledge, uh, grow in grace and in knowledge. But the scripture then says, as the spirit of wisdom and of revelation uh, works according to your knowledge of him. And so the spirit of wisdom and of revelation, which is the Holy Ghost, as the spirit of wisdom and of revelation works in our midst, He works according to the knowledge that you have in Him. And, and Peter asked you to pursue. I said, I pray that you would, you would grow in grace and in the knowledge of Him. So that's very important uh, uh, that we do that. So uh, oftentimes I'll, I'll, I'll just start out the year and I'm, I'm kind of a list person, so I'll go through and I'll define uh, lists. And... Um, Oftentimes, when I do that, and perhaps this is why this is on my heart, I'll come back to this scripture, bestir thyself. Now, the scripture in uh, in the Amplified, it means, then you shall pay attention and act promptly. That word bestir, it means to determine, to make a decision, to move. Uh, it means sharpen, to decide, and to determine. So bestir thyself means to... Um, Uh, to pay attention, but to act promptly. Now, I, I had a problem with procrastination when I was younger. And the way that I overcame it was I just did. So I actually, when someone would send me a text and I needed to deal with it, I would try my best just to do it, to respond and to do it right away. And so I'd, I'd actually overcome it. In, in the same essence, this is what this scripture is referring to. He bestirred himself. He acted. He, he, uh, he, he paid attention because he inquired of the Lord and the Lord told him what to do. So he was paying attention. But when he heard the sign, when he saw the sign, he acted quickly. He acted promptly. And so to bestir thyself is to act promptly. Now, I believe that David was well acquainted with this. Obviously, he didn't have the scripture like we have it. But if you recall, when he was standing over Goliath and the blood was running out uh, underneath his feet uh, from Goliath's corpse that he had just cut the head off of and there was blood all around, David was still standing there with his sword, and then all of a sudden he heard all of the, Philist- the uh, Israelites behind him running down into the valley and running past him and chasing the Philistines all the way to Gath, even beyond Gath, which was beyond their city. And so the Israelites, after David had killed Goliath, were rushing down in the city and uh, rushing down in the valley and went far beyond the valley and actually chased the Philistines back to far beyond their land. And so David was standing there and he watched that happen because he had bestirred himself to act promptly on someone who was calling out the name of the Lord disrespectfully and in a blasphemy, uh, blasphemic way. And so he said, what is, what is everyone sitting around for? In other words, the Israelites were not bestirring themselves. They were sitting complacent. They were sitting without acting. They were allowing something to remain in their midst That was wrong. Now, Israel was in the right place. They were where they should be. They were fighting in the battle. They were up in the front lines. They were all standing there. But they were not acting promptly. It took a little boy to come with an anointing and to say, I'm going to take care of the situation. And he goes out and he acts promptly. And then as he's standing there with the blood around his feet and Goliath dead... Then all the Israelites then got up and act and bestirred themselves and acted promptly and then ran out over the uh, valley. I can, I can, uh, I love that, that scene because you can hear the yells and the running and the, and the dust and everything and the are running after the Philistines. David was well acquainted with this. So you get to this spot and David is, is in a place where he, he understands what it means to bestir thyself. And so he's here and it says, now listen for the the rustle in the mulberry trees that thou should bestir thyself. For then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Now, the promise to you is that anywhere that you put your feet, the Lord has already given to you. So in essence, the Lord has already rustled in the trees. It is only for you to bestir thyself. The Lord has already given the message of the hour. The promise has already been given. The promise has already been sealed, signed, and delivered. In fact, you hold it in the form of a token. It is the Holy Ghost that is on the inside of you. And so if you think about it, uh, the bestirring then is on our side to act promptly. to, to, To face the things that is in front of us to look at the issues that are in front of us, to look at the problems and to look at the inequalities that are in our life and say, I'm going to act about it. I am going to to listen carefully, but I am going to act on it. I am going to bestir myself and act promptly. So if something is there in your life that you know it shouldn't be there, then I pray that you would, in, you would bestir yourself. I pray, and I pray this in the assembly in Virginia, I pray this here, I pray that there would be a bestirring where individuals would be willing to act on what is wrong. They would be willing to stand for what is right, and they'd be willing to act on it promptly. There doesn't need to be gossip in our midst, but it's still here, so let's act promptly about it. You know, one way to stop gossip in its tracks is to speak something nice about the person. So if someone is talking bad about this person, and maybe I have trouble with this, when someone is talking bad about this person, the, the thing that you should do is say something nice, because it gets really awkward. Nobody knows what to do with it. And they're thinking, yeah, this person was doing this, and this, and this. And you come in and say, you know, someone said this to me the other day about this person. It was great. And then they're, and they, they just walk off. You, 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 change, you flip the script, you, you change the atmosphere, you, you do the opposite, you've essentially acted promptly, you've bestirred thyself to something good. Now, the thing about that is, is that you don't need to wait on the Lord to know that you should do that. You've already been told that you shouldn't do that. There's probably other things in your life, as I examine my life, there's, probably, there's many things there that I, I, I don't need to be told to do this. I don't need to be told to spend time with the Lord in prayer every day. I don't need to be told uh, um, uh, to, uh, you know, to to passionately pursue my life with the Lord Jesus Christ. I've already been given that commission. I've already been told what to do. In fact, the, the leaves have already rustled because I heard that voice a long time ago. I've I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for a long time. Sometimes you just need to bestir thyself. Remember, the bestirring comes after the rustling in the trees. He said, now wait until you hear the rustling in the trees and then bestir thyself. If you go ahead of God, you can get yourself in trouble. So I I believe it's important that we listen closely, that we inquire of the Lord, that we listen closely, but that we also bestir ourselves and act promptly. David understood what it meant uh, to act promptly. Now, a chapter later, after this, David is dancing through the streets naked with the Ark on a cart. They're in Israel; everything is fine. They they defeat the Philistines, and in fact, David bestirring himself enables them to be in a place where they could recapture the Ark. And then a chapter later, David is 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 dancing in the street naked, and Uzzah is dead, and who um, is is dead, and, and they're bringing the ark in in the wrong way. Brother Bantam, he says, now God revealed the thing to them by David and the ministers, and by them people, and by the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, and Nathaniel, and, and, and not by Nathaniel, who had thus saith the Lord. And the Lord said He would do nothing until He showed His prophet of the age first what to do, and see what they did when they went straight to the word of God. And went and put the ark on a cart. See, so he went about to do it apart from God's commandment in God's provided way. So God has a provided way. But you see, David was already in a place. He had already bestirred himself. He would already, uh, this was much later in his, his life. This was much later when he was where God wanted him to be. And I believe uh, if we, uh, j- just taking it back on a personal level and, and on a um, A simpler level, I believe that we can all be in a place where we can be doing things that aren't pleasing to the Lord. We can be allowing things to remain. We can be acting in ways. We can be um, irresponsible with certain areas where we need to be responsible for. I think the greatest responsibility that any of us have is to passionately pursue the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what that's what Jesus Christ did. He actively pursued the will of the father. He inquired of the father and then he willingly submitted himself to the word that was within him. He was the word. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But the reason he prayed is because he was submitting himself to the word that was on the inside of him so that it would come to fruition. He had the power to raise up. He had the power to put down. But he prayed so that he would surrender himself to the will of the Father, which was the Word that was already on the inside of him. And in the same way, you are the Word. You are a portion of Christ. You have that. The the soul has been changed. And you are a a, a part of Christ that that stretches uh, through eternity. And so on the inside of you, there's already been, uh, if you're filled in, uh, with the Holy Ghost and you're baptized and you're, you've been born again, there's already been a rustling in the trees. Many times it just takes you to bestir yourself. And many times we have to listen, Lord, how would you have me bestir yourself? You can, you can get a lot of, uh, in a lot of trouble, you know, um, going, let's say, to a personal situation uh, or, or something like that, or a work situation and putting your nose in where, they, where it really shouldn't be. And so you can do things in that respect. That's why we inquire of the Lord. And that's why we listen carefully. And then when we hear what the Lord wants us to do, or we see it in the Word of God, or we're brought to remembrance of what it is in the Word of God, we act on it. I I don't want to get on the other side. And it be said of me that Steve was bored with his faith. Life is too short. I was looking at the news today, and I don't encourage you to look at the news. Um, uh, it's just not, it never ends well. And I was just looking today, and I, uh, it was a little bit scary, I'll be honest with you. It's a little bit scary when you look at things like that, and you're thinking, boy, the world's in a crazy place right now. And it, and it can cause you to think all kinds of things. It can cause you to think about where you are with the Lord. That's a good thing. I think it's good that we we come to a place where we're thinking about, do I need to act promptly about a few things? And so if there's anything that I can encourage you to to do uh, this evening, um, as I was reading in the scripture and all I wanted to do was simply put this before you and let you think about it and how the Lord wants you to be bestirred. Because the thing that you must understand is that you are different than me. We're all very different people. We each one have different gifts. We all have different talents. Uh, uh, some of us are CPAs. Some of us are uh, uh, amazing HVAC uh, uh, technicians. Some of us are electricians. Some of us are um, uh, technically, or, you know, we're all, we have different gifts, different talents, all the different kinds of things. That's a beautiful thing. There's great diversity within, within the church of God. And so you, you must personally inquire of the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do with my gift? Perhaps you're really good with talking with people. And perhaps you've been reluctant to share the Gospel as you, as you should. Share it. Be bold with your faith. And forgive me for being so juvenile, but I think a lot of times we can become bored with our faith. Don't let yourself be like that. Bestir yourself. Listen carefully, but act promptly. Promptly. If you know, for a fact, I don't spend time with the Lord like I should, then act promptly. The first thing that you should do when you get home is go into your closet, shut the door, and just pray. If that's the case, don't put it off. Pray. Go before the Lord. Act promptly. That's pleasing to the Lord. That will have an effect in your personal life. That will have an effect in in how you deal with other people. That will have an effect in your work life. If if spending time with the Lord is hard for you or you've gotten out of the habit, again, now I'm speaking to Holy Ghost-filled believers, then act promptly. If you have an important life decision ahead of you, then listen carefully. Inquire of the Lord and be willing to do what the Lord wants you to do. If He wants you to go over here, if He wants you to move across the country, if He wants you to do whatever you need to do, then be be willing to respond be willing to bestir thyself. Christians bestir themselves. If you look all throughout, all throughout the Scripture, they did something that was out of the ordinary. They did something that was peculiar. They were doing things that re- re- required great sacrifice. And as believers in Laodicea, I believe um, uh, uh, the poem goes, Laying on a bed of ease. I don't want to lay on a bed of ease. Life is too short. So what can you, what can you do for the Lord? What, what, what does He have in front of you that you could pursue? What, what can you bestir yourself about? Maybe you're slacking off on your job. Maybe it's something like that. And you can bestir yourself to, you know what? If someone has paid me for eight hours, I'm going to work eight hours. You understand? On a very simple level. Maybe it's you need to go and make something right with somebody. Bestir yourself to act promptly. Yeah. Swiftly. Don't, don't let it go. I, w- I was there at the, the car accident with, with Brother Pete and Sister Rachel, and I was just looking at the car, and I, I've had two uh, uh, accidents myself. Uh, Sister Chanel, you came to my, my mind, and I was just thinking how quickly an, an automobile accident can happen, and how frequently we drive at such a rapid pace. How quick, and I, it may sound morbid, I'm sorry, just how quickly something can happen. Yeah. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. This world is escalating faster. It won't change, but you can change. Thanks be to God, and thanks be to the power of the Holy Ghost that is working in our midst. We can bestir ourselves to act promptly. We can change. You think you have a problem in your head. You have a problem with depression. You have a problem with anxiety, or you have a problem with uh, just treating people nice, or you have a problem with uh, 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 pornography or, or anything like that, or you, you want to more actively pursue the Lord. Bestir yourself. We've heard the rustling in the trees. The Holy Ghost is at work in this age. You've got all the power of heaven behind you. Bestir yourself. Act promptly. Don't wait. Would you bow your heads? Musicians, won't you come? Jaron, if you could come and sing that song. Let's just pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, forgive me for speaking so um, disjointedly all over the place. But I'm, I'm grateful that I've disturbed myself to speak. And to respond to what you put on my heart. And I I pray that each one of us in this room being just as important as the other. Each one being just as special as the other. Lord, that we as Christians, as we as believers, living in in Laodicea, living in this age, but living with the promise that we have before us. Having heard the rustling in the trees. Lord, I, I pray that we'd be encouraged tonight to bestir ourselves. To act promptly on the Word of God. To make things right. To to make the right decisions. To seek an overcomer's attitude. To press forward towards the mark, mark of the high calling. To put those things, whatever those things may be, behind us. May we bestir ourselves to press on. Tomorrow is a new day. Lord, there may be another day after that. There may be another after that. But tonight, may we bestir ourselves. And I pray that You would have Your way in our hearts, Lord, and in our minds as we give ourselves to You. And Lord, as we take courage to bestir ourselves. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Jordan, can you sing that? Let's stand to our feet.
1: Enjoyed that message, Brother Stephen. We Appreciate you. Amen. Why don't we sing that song? Brother Stephen requested we sing it. Man, I think it's very fitting. The move is on. My Lord, the move is on. The move is on, my Lord. The move is
0: on. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. I can hear the rustle of the mulberry trees. And I know, I know, I know, I is on. So move on, brother. Move on, sister. This is the moving day. And move a little closer where the streams are flowing. Move on, brother. Move on. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. The move is on, my Lord, the move is on. And I can hear the rustle of the mulberry trees. And I know, I know, I know the move is on. So move on, brother. Move on, sister. This is the moving day. Move a little closer where the streams are flowing. Move on, brother, move on again now. The move is on, my Lord, the move is on. The move is on, my Lord, the move is on. I can hear the rustle in the mulberry tree. And I know, I know, I know the move is on. Oh, move on, brother. Move on, sister. This is the moving day. Move a little closer where the streams are flowing. Move
1: on, brother, move on. Why don't we sing this song, I've Found the Way. Amen. Key of F. I have found the way that leads
0: to endless day Yonder in the glory land And the road is bright for Jesus is the light And I hold His guiding hand Oh, I have found the way, oh, I have found the way, oh, glory, hallelujah, yes, I have found the way, I will never fear while Jesus is so near, I will bravely beat that bowl and happy songs I'll sing in honor of the King, and to glory onward go, oh, I have found the way, oh, I have found the way, oh, glory. Hallelujah, yes, I have found the way to the journeys in, led by a faithful friend, never more in sin to roam, and by the way called straight, I'll reach the golden gate of the soul's eternal home. I have found the way. Oh, I have found the way.
5: Glory, hallelujah. I have found the way. See that chorus again. Oh, I have found the way. I I have found the way. Oh, glory, hallelujah, I have found the way. Oh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, and it makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets a captive free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to me that life. Abundantly. Oh yes, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And it makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets a captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Sing it now. Spring up, oh well. Within my soul, spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, within that life abundantly. And this whole world will never hold me. In a moment, I'll be gone. For I've made my consecration And I've got my wedding garment on Again now Oh, this old world will never hold me In a moment I'll be gone For I've made my consecration And I've got my wedding garment on, I've got my mind made up, and my back, because I want to see my Jesus someday, I've got my mind made up, and I won't turn back, because I want to see my Jesus someday again. I got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. Yes, I got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. So goodbye, world. I say so long to you. Goodbye, pleasures of sin. I made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. I made up my mind to go God's way the rest of my life. Singing again now. I got my mind made up. And I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. I got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. So goodbye world. I say so long to you. Of sin, I say so long to you, I made up my mind, to go God's way the rest of my life, your, go God's way the rest
3: of my life, whether you call it making up your mind, whether you call it bestirring yourself, whether you calling it just, you know, Lord anoint me to do your will, whatever it is. You know what? The bride of Christ is not, they're not a stagnant people. There are people who walk in the light. There are people in motion. They are a people who are proceeding to the kingdom. I, I tell you what, I, I just appreciated that today. But I will tell you what, you know, when you go back and you look in the message, and Brother Steve never referred to this tonight, but you go back and read a message, Why Christ Speak? And, and Brother Branham goes back to the scripture, when Moses is standing there and God says to him, Why cries unto me? Speak and go forward. You remember that at the Red Sea? And, and, and Moses is standing there, What should I do? What should I do? And he's waiting on God. He, God says, Hey, why, why, why are you crying unto me? Speak and go forward. Now every, every one of us can't speak and open up a Red Sea like Moses did. But Brother Branham takes that right into his time and he said, I lived waiting for the vision. I didn't do anything until God, you know, showed him the vision, showed him the way. And he said, I realized, he said, God was telling me, use the faith I've given you. Use the faith, bestir yourself, use the faith I've given you. I'll tell you what, and, and for Brother Branham, it was a life-changing experience to realize that you can become, not necessarily, I'm not saying Brother Branham was bored with his faith, but Brother Branham had come to a place where he just felt that's a safer path. That's the safest thing to do is just wait on the vision every time, every time. And God wanted him to take what he had learned and take what he knew and faith in what God had given him and to be able to step out and, and, and to go forward with it. I'll tell you what, I, you know what? God's given us a lot of instruction. God's given us a lot of lessons in life. God's given us a lot of things that we've learned over the years. And I don't think he, he, he did that just to fill time. I believe he wants us to use that in our daily life. And just say, Lord, what would you have me to do? How would you have me proceed? What would you have me to say? How should I how should I approach this situation or that situation? I believe He wants us to be conscious of that kind of uh, that that kind of uh, you know persuasion in our life. He wants us to have that kind of influence in in His life. If you ask God, God will tell you. That's for sure. If you ask God, God will tell you. That's for sure. I'm amazed. I don't know if that's the key. Is that the key? No? Well, Matt, this is your hour. This could be your fun. There you go. That you love me.
5: I'm amazed how you care through your precious blood. I've found pardon and my sins are washed they're all washed away all oh, my sins are washed away again now I'm amazed that you love me I'm amazed Through your precious blood I found pardon And my sins are washed They're all washed away All my sins
3: are washed away Lord, we appreciate your love for us How patient You must be, Lord, to to so often watch us. Maybe when, Lord, we should take a step or we should say a word or we should proceed to do things, Lord. Father, I just pray that You would help us to grow in grace and in knowledge and in confidence and in boldness and in fearlessness. Lord, may we watch for the rustling in the trees. and, And Lord and stir ourselves that, Father, we might know that You are with us. Your presence goes with us. You said You'd never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Lord, I just ask and pray that You would just challenge each one of us in our thinking, Lord, that this is not just a waiting game and it's not just a process of trying to sit and learn and observe what everybody else has done and what a prophet accomplished in his life. But, Lord, this is about a bride in motion towards the kingdom. A bride who is not afraid to step out and to exercise the faith that you have built in our hearts. Father, we pray now you would bless Brother Steve and Sister Sarah and their labors, Lord, and I pray that you would just refresh him. And Father, may your Holy Spirit now bless and anoint this church, that, Lord, we may go forth in this new year to be able to just put ourselves and our fears and our apprehensions aside. And, Lord, we might learn to walk in faith and trust you, Lord what lays ahead. We love you and we thank you. Bless the balance of our week, we pray. We commit the needs of the people, those who are sick, Lord, into your hands and ask their God that you would be gracious to each one. And Lord, bless Brother Mike Pritchard on his birthday, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Sing it as you go tonight. I'm
5: amazed that you love me Yes, I'm amazed how you care, and through your precious blood I found